Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1. <clears throat> Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the law, the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. There are surveys that say, prove, indicate, report, pick, pick your word, that, that that first verse, judge not that you be not judged, is, is one of the, if not the, most quoted verses in the Bible. But think about who it is that may or may not be, be quoting that, that verse. Some pastors will, will and, and teachers will, will tell you that, yeah, I had this occasion when I, when I preached this passage or taught this passage that after the, the sermon, while I'm standing, you know, there kind of in the, in the, you know, in the old days, they would stand outside the church and they would, you would walk by and shake the pastor's hand, that, that people would come by and say, man, that was just a powerful message. I, I wish there had been more deacons here to hear it. <laughs> or, or you could interject a name. You know, I wish my husband had been here, my wife. My, uh, it's, it's one of those passages that, and, 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 and I guess that's kind of the point he's making, that we, we look and, and, and see, well, everybody but me needs to hear this message. You know, judge not that, that you that you not be judged. It's, it's interesting. Some, somebody did this, and I didn't, I didn't validate it. I, I probably should have. But, but it, it, it's interesting that, that those first two words, judge not, follows 80 verses of instruction in the Sermon on the Mount. So, so Jesus has been teaching has been, remember, he, he had moved up to, to the northern part of Israel. In fact, Galilee, a different province than, than Judea, where Jerusalem is. And, and that crowds were following. He's been ministering for about a year. 
and, and that he, he, he went there on the hillside one day. It said the, the crowds came to him. He sat down and he began to teach. Eighty verses have, have, have passed when he gets to this point. So it's, it's almost like he's, he's uh, warning his disciples, don't use my teachings to condemn others. Now it's, now it's broader than that, but that is certainly fits into the context of don't misconstrue these, these words, these things that I have been teaching you in judging others. In, in our society, it's, it's, it's a, a, a verse, a, 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 a passage maybe that not only believers would quote, but non-believers, other people who, if, if, if someone says something about their lifestyle or their language or their habits or, or, or you just pick the, the part of their lives, that, that, that people, all of a sudden, they remember this verse. It may be the only verse in the, in the Bible that they remember. One uh, writer, Martin, uh, D. Martin Lord-Jones, says, Clarification on the matter of judgment is needed today because Matthew 7, 1 is often used against Christians to intimidate them from, engage, from engaging in scriptural judging. The verse is used to promote tolerance of erroneous and destructive beliefs and practices by associating their critics with mean spirit as mean-spirited and, and arrogant. Those who say judge not are often among the first to judge the, the Bible for what they say are its p politically incorrect affirmations, examples, prescriptions, and prohibitions. I mean, our society is one that, that, that we uh, would, would promote tolerance for all things except for intolerance for sin. And so that, that, that phrase, judge not, is oftentimes used against, against Christians. Look at the, the, the whole context, though, of, of what Jesus has been doing. He, he, has, uh, he, he has been, been teaching his, his followers, his, his disciples, of, of how their righteousness is to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. The, the ones who were looked at in those days as, as the most religious, uh, maybe to some degree the most holy, those who are closest to God, these interpreters of the law, these teachers of the law, that, that Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, how can that be? What, what is that standard? And then he goes on and he shows how, well, basically the scribes and Pharisees have, have misused the law. They've misinterpreted it. They've, they've got all these standards, but they are, they are missing the whole point of the, the, the law. They are, they are missing. And, and verse 12 really sort of sums it up in a way do unto others as, as you would have them do unto you. 
are perhaps the, the, the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love others as yourself. But Jesus is saying, don't, don't be like them. As a matter of fact, he said in, back in chapter 5, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You know, how can, how can we do all, all of these things? He started his sermon by urging the disciples to base their righteousness on the righteousness that God requires as, it, as it's revealed in, in, in Scripture. And then he, he, he went on and he said that, that true righteousness involves uh, the disciple's life, elements of a disciple's life, in wealth, which we looked at last week in, in, in chapter 6, to his, his brethren, to his fellow believer, which is, is the first five or six verses in this one, and then to, to, to God. How is our righteousness to, uh, to, to uh, relate to others, to ourselves, and, and to God? Jesus, and so, so it's kind of hard to get your brain around just the, 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 the entire context of, of how has he been, he's been teaching this and then he's, he, all of a sudden he, he throws this do not judge into the, uh, the, the message. And I think that he, maybe he feared that, that some would take his previous teachings incorrectly and then judge others on how they were uh, per performing in those matters. What does he say? Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and the measure you use, it will be measured against you. And then he gives an example. He says, you have a, a, a speck in your eye. I got it backwards. I knew that was bound to happen. Your brother has a speck in his eye and, and you're just so concerned with that, you don't see the log, the beam that is in your own eye. And he says, you hypocrite. Who has he called hypocrites before? The one that, that, that gives alms and sounds the, 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 the cymbals and the gongs and, and, and the Pharisees that, uh, and scribes that, that fast in just a gloomy manner, they put uh, ashes on sackcloth to draw attention to himself. Those who practice their religion in a uh, in, in a in a manner that draws attention to them, and he, and so he's he's calling one who disregards this beam in his own eye in order to uh, to to take out this speck in his in his brother's eye as one of those hypocrites that he's been talking about in 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 the previous uh, sections he says why would you ask him let me take this out of your of your eye when there's a log in your own eye one writer said it, it's it's like going to an eye doctor and more particularly a, a, a surgeon, to have a cataract removed, but the surgeon himself is blind. <laughs> it's like, nobody's going to do that. 
that that's, and Jesus is equating that sort of situation with, with how it is when we judge. So, boil it all down, recircle the wagons, are we never to judge? Or what does it mean? What does he mean in this situation? Do not judge. Taking the example of your brother having a speck in his eye and you having a beam in your eye, do not judge. Are, are we not to judge? We're, in the next, next week, Lord willing, we'll, we'll get to verse 15 where he says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So, so in that case, he's, he's saying judge. So what is he really meaning, do not judge? Who is the only true judge? God is the, the judge, the only true judge. But we are to make discernments and, and judgments on things, on incorrect doctrine. Like, like Corey was saying this morning, it, you know, the, the, the old phrase, and it's been attributed to, to many different uh, church, well, people in the past. In, in essentials, unity in non-essentials liberty, in all things charity. It, it goes back to, I think it's a 17th century German, but it's, it's, it's a name that just doesn't pop out. It's not Martin Luther, it's not Philip Melanchthon. In things that are essential, that, 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 that we have to judge, the deity of Christ, salvation only by Christ. But in, but in other things, you know, we're not to judge. What is... Judge not that you be not judged. It's so much easier to see the faults in others than faults in ourselves. So if we're have a, we should look at ourselves and get the beam and, and you know try to correct our mistakes rather than correcting somebody else's, especially a fellow Christian. I think. Right, Mary. But who knows their whole story? God knows their 
their their whole story. Bob, were you? So, he put this sentence, this paragraph, in his Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, Jesus says, judge not, lest you be judged. Does that not indicate, I, I mean, that God knows we have a problem with this? I mean, it's... it's and you don't have to raise your hands, you know. But have, who has not ever judged someone and not known their whole, their whole situation or why they, they did a particular thing? And, and who has not judged someone for, for something that had this beam? You know, there's been plenty of cartoons drawn with this, um, you know, and, and, and whatever, uh, publication of some guy walking around with this, you know, this log sticking out of his eye and, and he's pointing at. And maybe you've been on that, that side. If you grew up in a Baptist church, I would just about guarantee you that somebody got onto you for something that they didn't really know what led you to do that. Now, in a lot of cases, it was they should have gotten onto you, but but that, that that we would look down on people for certain things. But now it just seems like it's 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 such a balancing act of of society, culture, the world wants to judge Christians who are simply saying that God is creator, sustainer, he knows what is best. And, and, and so if, if the Bible teaches this, then we want to do our best to, to follow it. You know, so he, 
So, so Jesus says, Jesus knows that we're going to have a problem with this. Paul even, even writes about it to the Romans in, in, in two occasions, and, and, and I'll let you go and read that. It's, it's in chapter 2 and in chapter 14. But in chapter 2, he, he's following up his, the beginning uh, uh, to his letter to the Romans where in, in chapter 1 he had said the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And he goes on and he talks about how, how men and women have they've changed the normal things that, that men seek after men, women seek after women. God therefore gave them up to the lust of their heart, to impurity. Anyhow, he, he, he gets there to chapter 2 and he says, therefore you have no excuse, O man. Man, every one of you who judges for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourselves because you, the judge, practice the very same things. I mean, that's the, uh, the, the utmost in hypocrisy. And Paul is telling the, the, the Romans, you're doing what you're judging them for. Don't, don't do that. that. That God is the one who, who judges. And then in, later in, in Romans 14, when he's talking about the, the, the it's, we would call it the doctrine of the weaker brother, that, that don't judge somebody because they don't eat or drink this or they, or they honor this day and not that day. Don't, don't pass judgment on, on them. And so, so, so what are, are, are we to, to do? He says, it's not that we're not supposed to help someone or, or assist someone, because notice he says in verse 5, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So he's not saying don't. Don't judge them. Don't, don't uh, avoid trying to help them, but help yourself first. Look at your life. Look at the sin in your life and repent of that. And, and, and then if somebody needs something pointed out to them, then, then it's okay. But that we get it, we want to help everybody else or point out everybody else's faults first and then... Well, it's too late today. Tomorrow I will think about my sin. He says, no, first get that out of your, out of your eye. Verse 6 is kind of, why is verse 6 there? Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls to pigs lest they be trampled and turn to attack you. Is it just a, a, a random... Uh, verse on who we're to share the gospel with or, or does it apply to the uh, to more so to the uh, to, to the judge to judging others that they say there's there's really two ways of looking at it one of them it's it's, it's a counterpoint to the the judgment it's it's to prevent anyone from misconstruing what he said in verses 1 through 5, uh, that, that it's be oblivious to truly evil people, that the gospel must go out, but, but 
as the proverb said, fools despise sensible instruction. And there were times when Jesus withheld uh, word or, or ministry in, in certain areas that he, he, he removed himself from there. But it seems like it's, to, to me, like it's, it's irony. He's like, he's talking about don't judge people when you have this beam in, in your eye. And he's saying, you may view your judgments as pearls of wisdom. Don't throw them out because they're going to get trampled. Or, or you, may, uh, you may view them as, as holy, but they're going to, you try to use that on somebody and they can clearly see that, that beam in, in your eye, they're going to chew you up. That be careful of of where you are. Don't be condescending and, and, and despising other people when you have this beam in your eye. And he goes on, and, and, and this very well-known passage, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to, and to the one who knocks it will be open. Put that in context. What is he, what do you think Jesus is, is talking about? I mean, we would, we would pull that out of context as, as much as the world pulls that first verse, verse one out of context, judge not lest you be judged. And we would say, well, if I want, we's kind of a too editorial, too, too broad of a, Many people would pull that out, if, out of context to the point of, if I want a new car, a new luxury car, if I, if I pray about it long enough and my faith is strong enough, I'm going to get that. Or if I need, if, if I want a black American Express card, you know, that has this, you know, million dollar limit or whatever they are, then, then if, if I ask and seek and knock, then I'm going to get it. That, that the prosperity preachers would, would, are all over this for all of the wrong reasons. The, the, the context is, is our righteousness exceeding that of the scribes and Pharisees, our, our, our desire and seeking to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect and, and seeking after His will, then, then that's the context of the asking, seeking, and knocking. The, the language experts would, would, would they, they point out that these are in, uh, in the present tense, which means that it's a continuous, a continuous action. Don't just ask and then seek. Notice how the urgency becomes more and more with, with each one. You ask and then you seek. You, you, you ask again and then you knock. You, 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 you keep on requesting, but, but what is it that we're to be asking for? Repentance, for sure. Remember, there's no chapter breaks in, in, in the original 
text. And so, seven, eight verses prior, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The asking and seeking and, and knocking are for God's kingdom and his righteousness, not, not our own. God, let me see this log that's in my eye, and, and, and then maybe I can be helpful to another brother who is starting along that trail of, of stumbling. But how often do we, do in, in, in that sense, in, in seeking, how often do we ask for God to bring about his kingdom? I mean, it's an already not yet situation that it, that it began when, when Jesus came. John the Baptist and Jesus both came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, so it began but it has not yet culminated until Christ returns and, and we have the new heaven and the new earth. It, it's not totally complete. It's a done deal because God said it was going to happen, but, but, it, but in the meantime, it's not complete. So how often do we seek God's kingdom and His righteousness? Hallowed be your name. God, make your name holy among the nations, among the people. It's, God, your name is already holy, and nobody can change that but allow people to realize that. Do we ask? Okay, if we ask for God's kingdom to, to come, that we seek his kingdom first, do we get past that part of asking and begin to seek that, you know, the next step. Okay, I prayed the, the Lord's Prayer this morning where it says, your kingdom come, your will be done. So I'm done for the day. Well, that's the asking, but the seeking is praying that, you know, more often. And then do we knock on that thing? Do we knock on, your kingdom come, your will be done. The urgency grows with each one of those verbs, each one of those imperative verbs of asking, seeking, knocking, that God really, your kingdom come, bring your kingdom, and, and your will be done. Now, God's sovereign will is always done. But, but, but that until Christ returns and, 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 and people have their own volition, there is evil all, all about us and, and people doing their own thing. But, but do we ask and seek and knock for God's kingdom to come, His will to be done? And then he gives another example, you know, that Jesus taught. I mean, he knows that we're slow. And, and, and so we need... E examples. He, he gave us that example of, you know, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own eye? I mean, it ought to be impossible to see it 
when you got something in your eye, how can you see something in somebody else's eye? But people will do that. And now he gives us an example of asking, seeking, knocking. In verse 9, which one of you, if his son asked for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those? He says, we're, for the most part, parents are good to their children. You know, and if, and if, you're, and if your child or your grandchild or your great-grandchild or your great-great-grandchild comes up and, and asks for uh, a, a piece of bread, you're not going to give him a stone. You know, that looks like a piece, you know, just the, the, the Middle Eastern, that flat bread. It's like, oh, that looks like the same thing. I wonder if he'll break a tooth. Here. I mean, you might do that to your brother, but that's really not, not the point. No, you're not going to do that. Now, if his son asks him for a fish, you're not going to give him a snake. He said, if, if we tr know how to treat our children, when they ask us for something, God is the perfect, holy, heavenly Father, and He's going to give you those things. But we got to go back. What are those things? Those things are the kingdom of, 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 of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That it's, it's, it's not a recipe or a formula for getting material earthly things. Remember, don't lay up treasures on earth, you know, but lay up treasures in heaven. If we're doing the things that, he, that Jesus said previously, laying up treasures in heaven, not laying up treasures on earth, then the things that we're desiring, the things that we're asking, seeking, knocking, are going to be those sort of things. Okay, that is getting to be close to more than my brain can, can, can handle. What does it boil it down? It's like the priority in my life should be serving God. Seeking his kingdom first, his will first. And then God's going to add all these other things. It might be a, a, something that we would see as a, a, a prosperous thing, or it might just be this, this more than contentedness, this, this realization that I have done exactly what God intended me to do, and that I am with, within his within his will. When, when Luke records this, um, kind, of, kind of his uh, version of, uh, uh, not version, it's not different, but Luke's account of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, and God will give you his Holy Spirit. You know, that, that God, your, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask. And, and Luke, Luke says that Jesus' words were, and, he, and Jesus probably taught this more than once, that he will give you his Holy Spirit. Now, we've received the Holy Spirit when we receive Christ as our Savior, 
but that it's, it's the working of the Holy Spirit in, in, in our lives. That if we're seeking, asking, seeking, and knocking, that, that you can't give, get more of the Holy Spirit, but that the Holy Spirit might, we might allow him to impact us more. Verse 12, anybody's first word in verse 12 say, therefore. I mean, it's, it, that's the idea. So, therefore, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophet. Because of what he said before, because he's saying, don't, don't judge, don't throw your, your pearls to the dogs or the, or the swine, ask, seek, and not. So, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Have you ever heard any variations on that? Don't you think when he's talking about judging, he's talking about taking every little boy, you going to hell. Because they've always had Yeah, I, I think he's, it's more in the sense, he, he's not, Jesus is not prohibiting, you know, uh, governments or, or judges or, you know, civil, criminal, that sort of thing. He, but it's, it's more like in the spiritual sense that we're, we're seeing this sin in somebody else's life and saying, you're going, you know, to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You're going straight to hell. But we have this worst sin in, in, in our life when, when we're doing that. At least worse in as man can calculate sin. But he says, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. That's the law and the prophets. He's saying, remember, he said, Jesus said, I didn't come to, to uh, blot out one jot or tittle from the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill all of it. And he, and he kind of sums it all up with this, we, we call it the golden rule, do unto others as they would have, as you would have them do unto you. It's not do unto others before they do unto you. It's not, you know, do unto others as they do unto you. It's do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What, what little situations have you ever thought, man, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this. <laughs> I thought, I wish somebody would stop by and help me. You know, I'm, 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 I'm fixing a flat or I'm doing this or that. And then, you know, the next day, then you drive by and, oh, look at that guy. He's having to change a flat in the rain. And we don't, you know, help. 
You say, well, it's pretty dangerous. Well, yeah, it is, but you know, sometimes just walking into a, a, a mall or a grocery store is, is pretty dangerous also. But, but how can we interpret or apply the golden rule? As pretty much everybody in here is grown up, how can we apply? You know, it's, it's one of those verses that we, you know, we, we would teach our, our children. If, if, if you grew up in church and, and maybe Bible school, it's certainly something that, that we memorized this verse a long time ago. If, if we added up the years that we've known this verse, you know, it would be, It'd be a lot. But how often have we truly done this? How often have we done unto others as, as we would have them do unto us? Okay, I know everybody's thinking, okay, I did like three times this last week, I, I helped this, this guy. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're the silly negative forms um, of, of this, but, but they're sort of one that, that it, it, we, we still wait for somebody else to, to, do, to take the first step. To, to, to do the, the first deed, it's like, well, I, I can't really help this person, even though that's what I would like him to do for me. What was the ultimate do unto others, do for others, what you would have them do for you. Love. I, I mean, so many times when we think of this, we think of some big something, give them a car, or help them buy a house. Or, but most people just need a hug. It's, that's that's the ultimate hug, and so if if you know in, in doing that, Christ Jesus saved us. He redeemed us. Don't we owe Him the same in return? Not that we can buy it, but it's, it's do do we look what He's done for us? And is my life is my Soul purpose, and that's hard to say, your soul purpose, because we have responsibilities, and God does not intend on us to shun those responsibilities. But it is, a, is it a high priority then to, to in, in turn give ourselves to Christ, that He has done what He's done for, you know, for, for us, as He did for us. Uh, we, William Barclay 
says that, that the only man who can even begin to satisfy the positive form of the rule is the man who has the love of Christ within his heart. That the only way we can do unto others as we would have them do unto us is if we see others as Christ sees us. He doesn't have a, a log in his eye. He doesn't have a speck in his eye that, that Christ is, is sinless. But he, yet he gave himself for us. And the only way that we can really do this is if we have the love of Christ in our hearts for other people. Okay, so that's the easy part, saying it, you know. The hard part is, is being able to do that. And I think it goes back to, to verse 7. Ask, seek, and knock for to us, for myself to have the love of Christ in, in my heart for others. And not just once, but ask and then seek, continue to ask, and then knock, be persistent. It's like, God, give me that type of love for other people. So we'll start in verse 13 next week. What, what else... You want to point out, tell me about my specs and my eye on this. I think our Sunday school class as a whole, you see that every, every time we come in contact with anybody in our class, because this is the most loving class I've ever seen. You just enjoy having a hug from everybody else. <laughs> Helps you round out the week or to start the week. To start the week, yeah. That's similar to the old story of the man in the mirror. Mm -hmm. if, if we could see ourselves as other people see us, we'd probably change a lot. Let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for loving us so much that you sent your only son to make a ransom for our souls, to pay the penalty for our sin. God, may we desire and ask and seek and knock to see people as, as you see them, that we might have the, the love of Christ for our brothers and sisters in Christ, but also for those who are lost, that we may have the love of Christ in our heart for all those that we, that we meet and, and we encounter, not for our credit, but that your name would be lifted up. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.